Welcome to this episode of The Streets Session, a business podcast brought to you by Streets Chartered Accountants. I'm James Pinchbetter, the firm's marketing partner, and I'll be hosting this session in, in which I'm joined by Martin Shakespeare, head of Streets Banking and Finance. In this session, we're looking to understand the work of Streets Banking and Finance in terms of supporting our clients, as well as the impact of the current economic situation on finance and business finance generally. Welcome, Martin. Morning, James. Morning, everybody. Um, perhaps good to start by, would you like to just say something about yourself, who you are uh, and, and your role <laughs> at Streets? Right. Well, yeah, Martin Shakespeare, as James said, I'm head of banking and finance here at Streets Accountants. Um, just brief background. Um, spent 31 years in the SME and corporate banking world, worked across three or four banks. And then in 2013, joined the accountancy profession in the advisory um, space. Um, recently as well joined within streets by tina hayes tina's joined us from a top 14 accountancy group where she also worked in the banking and finance team and we are streets banking and finance it's a bit unusual isn't it a, a firm of accountants having a banking and finance arm up here what is the role really then of having a, a purpose and a role of such thing yeah there's a, there's a few firms out there that offer the model but you're absolutely right it's not it's not prevalent across the accountancy space um something that i launched 10 years ago in a former life um what does it do? We essentially exist to help clients navigate through the you know, the ever changing world of, of finance. Um, something that I've you know lament back on. If you went back fifteen years ago, the finance world was dominated by the sort of traditional five or six high street banks. Since that time, we've seen the emergence of the challenger banks and the um, the alternative specialist lenders. Um, I read a report from the British Business Bank um, conducted in twenty twenty two. That 55% of all lending now is done through the challenger banks. And I suppose really what's happened is the that you've highlighted there, the market for finance has got much more extensive, more diverse in the providers and the types of products. And actually business owners are very busy often and they wonder where, where do I go for this? And actually, you know, the, it's, it's easier that relationship with the accountant and going, look, I'm thinking of doing this or we have a challenge here. What could I do? I presume. Yeah, ab absolutely. And, and, you know, coming back to why do we exist? Why do we exist as a service line? We are experts at what we do. You know, we've got combined 50 odd years experience between the two of us. Um, if I was in business myself, I'd want to trust an expert. I'd want to be able to concentrate what I do best. I run my business and lead the finance raising markets searching to, to an expert. Um, you know, we exist to save clients time and hopefully to save them money. Yeah. I suppose, what what sort of questions do business owners ask you then? What sort of things do you get approached? <laughs> I mean, a topical one at the moment um, is, you know, where do you see interest rates going? Yeah. I haven't got a crystal ball. I'm sure if, you know, somebody had asked me that question six months ago, I'd give them a different answer to, to the answer I'd give them today. Um, interest rates are still, you know, at a reasonably low level. Uh, people of my age and your age, James, if we go back to sort of the you know the late eighties, early nineties, then you know base rates were double digit. Yeah. Um, so we're we're around a historic norm. Uh, other questions, you know, clients are saying, do you know what, I've had a challenging year. How do you think my bank's going to react? Uh, obviously, then going back to sort of our background, I can position myself from my banking days as to how I, you know, responded to clients who had had a challenging period. So it's giving that reassurance really as to how a bank's likely to react and. Similarly, you know, supporting the accountants who are also being asked similar questions from uh, from their clients. Well, in terms of interest rates, I mean, we've all seen it in a lot of you know, 
many people on a personal basis, you know, the cost of finance has gone up. Um, you know, they say, well, that, that impacts on our, our disposable income. Running a business, if your margin's being squeezed because your costs have gone up, your supply costs, your finance costs, deeply your working capital's probably being eroded as well. So, you know, are, are you finding you're working with clients to actually look at how they, you know, look at the, the cost of finance and, and, and the models? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you touched there, working capital, uh, cash is king, you know, working capital is the lifeblood of a business. Um, it's refreshing how many of the clients that I'm speaking to have got a handle on, on, on their cash flow. You know, they understand their debtor days. They understand the necessity to keep on top of people that, that owe them money. Um, they understand that, you know, they've got a certain period to pay their creditors. So they will you know, on occasion use it. Occasionally clients will say, do you know what? I'm actually going to pay my creditors slightly ahead of time because it helps their business. I'll get supplier discounts. People focusing on stock levels. You know, a lot more tuned into to how the business operates. Probably where they're needing to get a slightly more um, up to speed is actually then how does their cash flow? What's the cash flow available for their debt service? Yeah. Um, if you went pre-COVID, people would tend to say, Do you know, what? I know where my cash flow is for the next three months. I'm advocating now three months as a minimum, six months is ideal, but also have a line of sight on twelve months to to avoid the surprises. Yeah. Which often links to if you if on, on final accounts, statutory accounts, when you're doing those, you have to have a cash twelve month cash flow as part of going concern. And I think actually don't just produce it for that; produce it because actually it's good it good to have as a management tool. It must absolutely understand your business. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, it's I think you've highlighted there. I think some of it is down. I think generally businesses compared to you know, thirty years ago. Overall, generally better run and better managed because technology allows us to have access to that data. You know, it would have been 30 years ago, someone would say, well, can you produce me a cash flow? It would take them six months to produce it and be out of date, wouldn't it? Yeah, really. So there is much more handle there, which I think makes it easier, both for business to understand their finance, but also presumably for you when you're looking at finance and going, yep, yeah, we've got the figures, we can talk now and move things more quickly as well if you're looking at uh, refinancing or structures absolutely and, and you know it's getting under the skin of what the numbers are saying because behind yeah. the numbers there's a story yeah so it's te testing the assumptions because you know sure as eggs is eggs when they go and sit in front of a bank manager or it goes before a credit committee with uh, one of the challenger banks they're going to want to know how that cash flow was produced what's behind the sales figures what's behind the gross margin let's have a story so you know that's something we do in conjunction with clients is put put out put the client in the shoes of the bank manager and we've talked there about, you know, sort of working capital. What about capital investment? You know, the sort of, um, you know, either, you know, we've obviously seen tax incentives, things like super deduction and the annual investment allowance are, are very attractive for businesses looking to invest. But actually, you know, the interest rates and probably business confidence may be impacting on investment decision. Are, are you getting involved in any in sort of... Uh, capital investment there's quite a few clients who are sort of you know looking to to acquire premises and and you know what they're they're just taking a bit of time to to have a look and, and reconsider um interestingly and you touched on it with the super deduction that uh, was in place asset finance levels are going through the roof um i think 2022 again if you reference back to the british business banking record levels for new asset finance business why is that Personally, I think it's probably a bit of the COVID hangover. People people sort of sat on their hands a little bit, understandably, during COVID, and now it's a case that the wheel has to carry on. That capital project, that piece of kit, that machinery, we're going to go get it. 
sorry, I'm seeing a lot more asset finance and asset refinance inquiries. This type of investments being made is up to look at, you know, supporting growth, productivity. What what sort of things are people investing in or refinancing? A lot of people looking to finance growth. Yeah. Absolutely, which is which is massive. It's positive, isn't it? Yeah. You know, the world carries on. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, for all the challenges that are out there at the moment, that there's, there's a lot of opportunity out there. And clients that understand the business, understand their market, they're seizing those opportunities. What about and getting back on working capital? I mean, in terms of you know uh, things that you know, if if people are being squeezed, what sort of things could they could you help them with? I mean, with you know, is it sort of looking at and saying, well, are you taking advantage of invoice financing? You know, uh, how can people enhance their working capital position at the moment? Yeah, I mean, every business is different. That's part of the service we get under the skin of the business. We understand. You know the needs of the directors where the business might be going look at their existing funding streams uh seeing quite a few clients at the moment that are already with invoice finance um the days of getting the overdraft facility from the bank i think you know by and large those are i think of the past um there's a lot of uns- unsecured lenders out there who do short-term top-up finance outside of the the mainstream working capital facilities downside for that for many directors they have to give a personal guarantee because there's no security from the business but there's a lot of funders out there that offer that sort of facility. Um, we will, by going through a suitability um, exercise, consider those for clients. But they're options. They're options, and it comes back to um, what we said earlier. It's speaking to the experts. Yeah. Uh, we we talked earlier about well, FX and foreign exchange. I think it's in my mind having come back from an overseas holiday. You know, it's sort of. Uh, seemed a long time since I went abroad, you know, and they feel, oh God, is that the exchange rate? Yeah. Good gosh, what am I getting for my money? You know, uh, are, are you seeing some, what, what sort of activity are you seeing in the FX market yeah. at the moment? I mean, it's absolutely a service that we provide within streets or a foreign exchange strategy service. Um, it's amazing how many clients are understandably fixated on the, the interest rates that they're paying on their, their borrowings or the, the interest rates they're receiving on their credit balances. When you ask them, how competitive are the the uh, margins, the the rates that they get in on the foreign exchange? You kind of see a bit of a blank face. Yeah. So we have a service within Streets where we can review, you know, historic foreign exchange trades, check where the profit is being taken out of the rate by their their current FX provider, and potentially do with the value there. Uh, we can also look at you know foreign exchange strategy in terms of buying forward on the currencies, uh, limit orders. It's it's a myriad, but the the savings can be significant and peace of mind for the client. Do you think one of the reasons why people don't review it is actually they think, I've got it set up, I'll just leave it, they're busy doing other stuff, but actually just spending a bit of time reviewing all aspects of whether it's foreign exchange or your finances uh, and what you've got in place can be really beneficial, can't it? I think you said you said it earlier, James, that they're busy doing other stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the benefits of you know, having a, an obligation chat with Masada Fortina. You know, yeah. That's one of the aspects. If we see a client that's importing and exporting, we will we will drill down on it, and we will you know some of the savings that we've made for clients are quite uh, jaw dropping. Great. Well, moving on. I mean, just we we we've obviously with interest rates are probably certainly from a financial profession high in people's minds. They up in the list of the challenges we face. Um, recent announcements: some of the lenders are start starting to reduce long term rates or the, the long term forecast for rates. Um, you know, in terms of things like commercial mortgages or anything linked to a fixed rate or variable rate loans, how how, how do you see that unraveling at the moment in terms of uh, of, of commercial lending, uh, yeah. or, uh, uh, and and perhaps your advice to businesses on that? 
I mean, it, it is an, an, an ever-moving uh, world out there. Um, unlike the personal mortgage space, um, I've actually seen commercial fixed rates move out slightly in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, I have thought that uh, the lenders had priced it in, you know, but then we've seen the you know the base rate increase and potentially going to increase further. So that you know the rates have moved out. Um, I've also seen some of the challenger banks um, increasing their their minimum loans sizes. That's probably down to supply and demand. They're probably getting more more demand for their services and yeah, they're fairly niche lenders, so yeah. that they will they want to um, restrict maybe just in the short term, the volumes of inquiries coming to them. Um, I'm also seeing uh, some of the more traditional lenders probably being a little bit more selective in terms of the business that they're looking to support, certainly in terms of sectors. Um, some of their stress testing models are, are increasing. Um, whether that's there for the long run remains to be seen. But, you know, again, I'm like a still record, but more reason for businesses to to speak to people like myself to speak to people like tina where we do a whole of market uh, review and again it comes back to a lot of our work where you've got um, linked professionals in one organization you working closely with an accountancy partner creates integrity and, and validity to the data that's being provided so when, when you go to a lender you go i'm looking from a banking perspective my fellow partner here's looked at from an accounts and finance perspective it gives lenders confidence, doesn't it? And that perhaps actually means it things transact quicker or, or better rates and things. Yeah, you're absolutely right, James. And, and you know, that is why it works so well having a banking and finance team within an accountancy business. Um, we can act for non-clients. I'd make that point to, to anybody listening today. But for, for existing clients of streets, it's a one-stop shop. You know, the accountant partner will draw my expertise in or bring Tina in on it. We'll sit down with the client in conjunction with the accountant and we'll work for the client's best interests. Yeah. Uh, and it works seamless. And on that, are there some recent transactions or some exciting deals you've completed? Perhaps the quirky one, the interesting one, the one that people didn't know, you know, we might have done or someone just went really well. <laughs> exciting, quirky finance. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's never a dull moment. I mean, there's there's a few that uh, that stick in my mind. I mean, it's always pleasing to, to to be able to help a client, regardless of the size of the deal, you know, to uh, to get the thanks, to get the appreciation. Um, certainly, a deal that uh, that happened earlier in this year, um, fortuitously or otherwise, I was visiting one of our offices and um, client contacted the accountant partner whilst I was there to say that it it approached his high street lender. The business had banked with this particular bank for 20 plus years. Um, they'd made an approach to some additional finance to fund growth. Uh, and the client had just received a call from his bank manager to say, yeah, sorry, we can't help you. And we're placing you into our intensive care um, unit, which uh, kind, kind of uh, took the wind out of his sails. You know, it was a, it was a complete shock. Um, so this is what we do. So I said to the accountant, let's have a look at the accounts. Let's arrange a team's call with the client. Let's get under the skin of this business um, and see whether the bank's got it right. Um, looking at the accounts, sorry, come back a state. The reason the bank had said that they weren't prepared to assist was when they looked back over the average profitability of the last three years, it wasn't enough to um, meet the loan repayments and new loan going forward. Quirky that. But in the last three years, we got a COVID year. Yes. 
Now, the COVID year performance for this particular business, it was okay, but it was nothing special. If you stripped COVID out, it was actually tracking the same level of profitability it had always done. Uh, and potentially was going to even increase further going forward. The irony of it is the bank joined the COVID year and lent the, the client now at nine on a million pounds worth of C bill, which was paying down over five or six years. They've got some asset finance that was that was sort of three, four years out to go. Um, property was owned within the trading business. The bank was exposed to about 40% of the value of the property. Um, it wasn't a pawnbroking deal. You know, the, the forecasts were well-structured, well-produced assumptions were there. So um, had a look at it and thought, do you know what? There's got to be a better way. So we worked in conjunction with the accountant. It seemed an appropriate time to move the property out of the trading business into into with the, the top coat. Um, and sort of looked at it and thought, well, you, your issue there is, A, for, firstly, your bank said no. So we've got to look at the market. B, your debt repayments are, are over a very, very short time scope, which is massively impacted on your cash flow. Um, so so in reality, what we did, we approached one of the challenger banks. We increased the loan to 60% of the value of the property. Repayments over 25 years, so the client had got certainty of funding for 25 years. That enabled him to repay the C-bills, repay the asset finance, building some headroom to put deposits down on machinery that was being manufactured overseas that we will do asset finance on when they come in the UK. Saving the clients from memory 16, 17,000 pounds a month on the cash flow. We also, as part of the exercise, revisited his invoice finance facility and we've improved terms there to save the clients another 15,000 pounds per annum his invoice finance. So he's now in a good place, got certainty of funding, he's cash positive versus where he was before. Um, and away he goes. So that was that was a nice one. Really good one, isn't it? Yeah. Breadth of work that you've done. Yeah. Actually, the benefit it could have. Yeah. yeah. Which getting that uh, note for or notice from a Europe bank manager saying we're putting you in our intensive care unit. Turn. Uh, yeah. What? You know yeah. how you can then deal with it and turn it around positively. Yep. Now some of those things that that could have been done anyway, couldn't they? Looking at the term of a loan and and the property. Yeah. But it took that catalyst to make something happen, didn't yeah. it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. And the irony was yeah. that you know the bank manager I'm not. Never, never bank bashing, but he was sad to see the client go. Yeah, yeah. He's sad, he's yeah. retired. Yeah, he's yeah. retired. Yeah, but sometimes it happens. It get it is taken away from that level to somebody else because yeah. it triggers something. It's just a process. Is I mean, other 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 examples of where we've helped clients that stick in my mind. Um, one of the things we do provide is is a review of clients' merchant payments at yeah. credit card facilities. Uh, I was introduced to a client that operates six hotels. Um, we reviewed his merchant provider that he was with. Um, but the one he was with uh, and on this one hotel alone we're going to be saving them £16,000 in the next 12 months and that will recur year on year which is a 30% saving compared to his uh, previous uh, merchant payment provider so as I say he's got five five or six hotels within his group so he's moved the first one across he's now moving the other the other four or five uh, um, so you know the savings there phenomenal uh, significantly more than he pays streets for his accountancy services so it neatly runs on to how do you work with clients and, and partners? So on the basis, presumably, you know, a partner might reach out to you, a client might reach out to you. Uh, I suppose there's another, imagine there's initially there's a fact-finding exercise, isn't there, understanding requirements? That's, absolutely. I mean, I mean, one of the blessings out of COVID is that we've got, you know, the tech now, so I can put an early Teams call in and, you know, 
get to meet the client, albeit virtually, but uh, you can see them and you can build up a bit of rapport. Preferably, I'd like to go and see the client um, because you get to immerse yourself in the business. You can walk around, you can see people, you can see the, the vibe of the business, but absolutely, it's getting, getting under the skin of the business, understanding where how the directors tick, what, what their objectives are, um, understanding what they'd like to achieve, reviewing their existing funding arrangements to see that they're fit for purpose. Doing Working with the incumbent lender, I would stress as well, we always try to work with the incumbent lender first and foremost, but also look at the whole of market and present solutions and then support the client in the background to conclusion. And and, and we've talked there that, that that often relates to existing streets of clients, so the whole, you know, the whole purpose of this service is available to non-streets of clients, so it can be those businesses who go, Actually, I've got a problem here, but a situation. Can I come and have a conversation? And, and, and that doesn't require them to be a client. Obviously, ideally, we'd like them to become a client, but yeah, that's part of the business model. But equally, you know, and it is a chance to, to have that conversation. Absolutely. I mean, there's not a lot to say there other than absolutely, you know, if you're not a client to street, you know, can still access myself and Tina. We've talked about Martin there about things like asset finance, invoice finance, FX, um, and, and commercial mortgages, et cetera. But you know, uh, for the benefit of listeners, what, what sort of finance uh, arrangements and uh, offers do you provide? You kind of covered a fair few of them there, James. Thank you. But uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Commercial mortgages, um, finance, property finance, so investment property finance, development finance, invoice finance, uh, asset finance, asset refinance, trade finance, stock finance, the shop, the list goes on, bridging loans. We also do tax funding. Uh, for corporation tax and VAT, and then some of the services I've alluded to earlier, foreign exchange strategy services, merchant payment reviews, and good old-fashioned general banking advisory around, you know, are your facilities fit for purpose? Are your covenants too restricting? Are you giving too much security? That sort of thing. It, it's it's almost like having a, a finance professional on your side before you go into battle with the lender. I like that. And, and I think the point there is is it can be transactional, but actually to get the real value, it is more wide-ranging. He's having something to say, you know, what are your finance requirements? What is the best way to look at it? Have you got the most appropriate? Absolutely. And, and pleasing for me, pleasing for me, you know, I've, I've been at Streets now for just, just over 18 months. The number of clients that I've transacted with when I first arrived, it come straight back to me direct. Clearly that says to me they're happy that they got a job well done. Yeah. Thank you, Martin. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Streets Sessions. For further information on streets, banking and finance, please visit www.streets.uk or email info at streets.uk or contact your usual streets partner. Thank you also to you for listening. We look forward to catching up with you again in future sessions.